Welcome to the Ready Eddy Podcast, where we help you discover innovative startups in the outdoor sport industry. Join us as we tell the story of brands who are paving the way for the future of outdoor sports. And here's your host, Josh Salvo. Hey, Ready Eddy Podcast listeners. Before we jump into today's episode, I want to shine the spotlight on our membership program. With it, you can get up to 50% off our brands, discover dozens of new innovative outdoor startups, receive first access to new products, gain access to investor programs for over 50 of our startups, and receive first access to purchase demo and trade show gear at 30 to 60% off. Head to readyyeti.com slash members to sign up. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Ready Eddie podcast with Travis Merrigan, the co-founder of Grail Bottles, uh, Water Bottles. They make uh, water bottles that purify your water anywhere um, in the world. It does it in under 30 seconds. Um, it's pretty revolutionary. They have a patent, and um, we are super excited to be able to sit down with him and get to know him and Grail more. So, Travis, thank you for uh, taking the time to chat with us. Hey, thanks a lot. No, it's my, it's my pleasure to chat with you guys. Thanks for the opportunity. Awesome. So tell me a little bit, um, you know, tell me the whole story. Let's go back from the beginning. You know, what, how did you guys come up with Grail? Well, it started with my business partner and I, Nancy Weston, um, and her original idea for trying to find a better way to filter and purify water. We were, we're adventurers, we're travelers, we're explorers. Everybody, everybody who's associated with Grail has just done some really um, adventurous things in their lives, and on all of those adventures, you got to you have to have water. It's uh, you can have two weeks without food, but you three days without water, and you're in serious trouble. And the ways that people drink water um, when they're on the go, when they're when they're on adventures, if you're traveling internationally, you've probably bought dozens and dozens of single-use plastic bottles that you throw away. Uh, and if you're in backcountry or traveling or riding a mountain bike, and you need to filter water. You know, there's several options out there. They have they have some pros and cons, but Grail was pretty certain that we could do better, and so we set about uh, the, the design process. Uh, some of our early early inspirations were a uh, sort of a pump uh, uh, water gun, <laughs> a kid's water gun, and a and a, uh, a uh, bicycle pump and a and a coffee press, and that sort of m- melded into this. What I think is a really unique, really revolutionary uh, way to press water in one press. You can purify and filter water. Your bottle is your purifier, so it saves space and weight. And, uh, yeah, so we've been um, been in the market for a little over three years and um, and have been, have been doing well and just coming off a really successful Kickstarter with our latest product. And, yeah, it's just a really, really exciting time for Grail. That's that's really awesome. So tell me, what is your and your partner's background in terms of purification? You know, what, what did you go to school for? What did you study? You know, what, what did you have to do to sort of learn, you know, how to create a purifying water bottle? And obviously one of the, the most convenient and simplest and quickest at that. My uh, business partner is uh, has been an outdoor athlete and adventurer for a long time. He's worked in the outdoor industry for 25 years and she was a, a rock climber still still does a bit of that and, and, and traveler and and so you know I spent quite a bit of time in the outdoors and I I spent a little bit of time backpacking and, and mountain biking uh, but my background is international travel I, I spent a good portion of my 20s and early 30s uh, in Latin America and traveling and working and studying and and um, and, and so just realizing that when you're in those situations, when you're out for a long time, in my, my case, for instance, where you're traveling for a week or six months, everything that goes in your pack, if you're going to be agile and you're going to travel light like I prefer to, everything that's in your pack, everything that's in your luggage uh, is really, you have to look at very, very carefully. You're not, you're not going to carry this huge tub of uh, toothpaste. You're going to carry a little one because that, that weight really matters. Um, and so... It, it just being exposed to water of all different kinds of qualities, you know, and, and going through so much bottled water when you're traveling internationally, um, it was was one of the even before the, I met Nancy and, and we had the idea of, of starting this company, it was really something that uh, rubbed me the wrong way. There's got to be a better way to 
to, to do that when you're traveling internationally or when you're in the backcountry. So that was sort of the, the inspiration. That was uh, that was our that was our water background. Uh, I am my my educational background and my early work experience. I'm, I'm a biochemist by trade, and um, and worked a few years in a in, in a laboratory, and so I have some of the uh, you know some of the science background. And my business partner Nancy is has the artistic streak and has dabbled in, in interior design and supported herself for a while by, by designing tiles that she sold for people's houses and, and, and helping them redesign their houses. And, and so she's really got an eye for aesthetics. And, and so those two things came together to, uh, as we worked on this project. And, um, and I, it was a really, really great partnership. I think it's really important if you're working together in a, if you're starting a company to find somebody that you work with well and, and whose uh, skills are compatible with your yeah, first. that's that's really awesome. Um, tell me a little bit more about this traveling. I am actually I'm in the process of I'm in the next year year and a half. I'm going to start doing the whole traveling, not having a home <laughs> sort of uh, uh-huh. uh, experience. I'm totally curious to know like what got you into it. Um, you know, how did you? What was your first trip? You know, how did you, did you ease yourself into it or did you kind of just be like, all right, I am selling my things and I'm just going to go travel and see what happens? Uh, well, my first, um, my first international trip was between my freshman and sophomore years of college. And, uh, it was, I'd be lying if I said it was anything other than, um, my, uh, romantic interest at the time was going to go to Guatemala and I was going to go with her. Well, we broke up before the end of the school year, and she didn't go, and I did. And so I was 18 years old and spent uh, about nine weeks traveling through Central America. Yeah, and I was, I was just, there, there's a book, in my life, there's before and after that trip. And I, I never saw the United States again the same way. You will never, you, will, you can never understand your city, your, your, your country, until you leave and then come back. And my eyes were wide open. Uh, and then I was just constantly looking for opportunities, uh, primarily in Latin America. I looked on a little bit of travel in Asia and Europe, uh, to, to, you know, find ways of traveling more, you know, whether it be a bit of studying that I did. You know, I worked for a while in Puerto Rico and, uh, in any, any chance I could to get, to get there and to see the, the depth and breadth of, of Latin America primarily. Uh, I speak Spanish and I speak Portuguese. And so it really enables me to, you know, get in and, and, and talk with the, talk with, talk with the locals. Thanks to that, that old guy who's smoking a cigar on the, on the bench of the, of the plaza right. in, that, in that one city you go visit. And you really get a rich understanding. And uh, so that's what's always drawn me to it. Um, and yeah, so if you strike out on your own, I, I, yeah, I, you, you, you one, one of the things that strikes me, I'm, I'm uh, is is how after a few weeks or months on the road, how little you actually need to survive. And I remember coming back right. to the plane after a long trip, and I had this whole storage unit full of crap. And I just had my, I remember walking up to it with my backpack and just shaking my head and saying, "What? If I just walked away right now. What I? What? What of this would I really need? <laughs> what would I really right. need?" Uh, and uh, yeah, that's one of my one of my learnings from those those trips. Yeah, no, that's that's without a doubt. So, so you traveled for how many years? Would you say? On well, on and off for. Well, you know, my my last trip was in November uh, with my with my wife and my daughter. So it still goes on. It slows down quite a bit. Um, right. What would you say made you transition to you know coming back to the states and settling down or having a you know a designated residence? Well. Um, uh, I don't know. I, I think that there is a, as much as I blow up traveling, um, it's, there's a, traveling with a purpose is also important too because, you know, right. some of these long trips where you just, you're waking up and, you know, the only thing you have to do that day is explore, same as yesterday, same as the six weeks before and the six weeks after. It can kind of get boring. Um, and so that's why yes. meeting people and getting engaged. So I, and, and that's why I think that a lot of people are, um, you know, are, are volunteering to, work with orphans or, or, you know, learn organic farming and, and do those sorts of experiential service-oriented things because they can form a more deeper experience. And, you know, I, I came back, I you know, my last 
longest trip was shortly after grad school and and then just you know sort of wanting to have a different sort of adventure and get established in a career and be a little be a little bit more rooted. Uh, so I moved to the Pacific Northwest and North Northwest, uh, you know, and, and still realize you have that you can. I have a family now. I have a, I have a toddler, and that just really enriches life. But it doesn't mean giving up on travel and, right. and adventure. You can you can still do those things, but it's different. It, the, the pace slows down a bit. Of course, are dragging along a baby. <laughs> <laughs> that's for sure. I'm sure you're getting a lot less sleep too these days. <laughs> yeah, indeed. <laughs> awesome. Um, so going back to Grail, what was the process you sort of uh, went through in developing the product? You know, how many iterations did you guys sort of go through? Prototypes. Um, sort of walk us through that journey. We began designing in earnest in. Uh, 2000, late 2010, early 2011. That was right at the dawn of the 3D printing revolution. Our very first product was the last one that wasn't, there was no 3D printing involved. Uh, the, the, the process is we met a really passionate and, and knowledgeable industrial designer and, and we worked with him for, you know, two and a half years. We're still, still in very good terms with him, although he's moved on. And, there is an ideation process where you're working through ideas. Hey, what if we did this thing with it? And so then you, you do some CAD drawings and and you see how it might work. And if, if the idea looks really interesting, you can get a, you know, now a 3D model made very, very inexpensively. To, and, and and so that, that process of iteratively, you know, you, you have your core idea and then you... You try things. You hey, what, what if we did this? What if we did that? What if what if this were here instead? Right. What if the lid what if the lid looked like that? And and that's a really interesting process. It's a really hard process. It is it's fun and challenging. And and then you know you have to focus in on your very best design. I think that um, one of the challenge one of the challenges whether you're de- designing an app or a website or some other kind of business or a product is this idea that. Um, that developers, web developers have a, a, a minimum viable product. And if you were to ask me one of the things that I learned, and, and as the product, as the products have transitioned to now our ultralight, our, our best product so far, is that idea of make the simplest product that checks many of the boxes. Don't, don't, don't try to add right. too many things that, that can complicate the design or that might break down the road or, or, or that. Um, and, and so that, that was one of the, I don't know if I'd call it a mistake. I think we had to learn, learn through that process and we had to expose this new idea to our consumers and then listen to their feedback about what, what they really liked about our product and, and, you know, make sure our next one incorporated those ideas. But it was a, uh, a, a certainly, if, if you, from our first project, The Legend, through our second the quest and now the ultralight, I think that you'll see a simplification as, as it goes, and yeah, so that was one of the one of the learnings, one of the one of the results of all that hard work. That's really awesome. So, sort of following that lean startup uh, methodology with production, I think it's really, really, really smart to definitely uh, incorporate your consumers because obviously, at the end of the day, that they know what they want, <laughs> and they're if you build what they want, they'll they'll buy it. <laughs> That's for sure. Um, it's cool. So, what is something unique that no one knows about you? one of your products um, or your business and how does it make uh, Grail stand out? That's a good question. I, I think that um, we, we, we started with this core idea of you know, creating the absolute best. We, we looked at, at the highest level of filtration, the fastest we could possibly make it, the, the lightest, the most, the most convenient. And we were, were building on top of what I, what I, I think are really excellent Outdoor products primarily. They're, they're, they have been, you know, you, you, your dad probably had a. If your dad was a Boy Scout, he probably had a, a water filter and it was probably a pumps and hoses, and it was <laughs> revolutionary for what it was, you know. And, and, and still, there right. and, and those have gotten better along. And, and but we knew that we wanted to do something really different. And I, I think it was my business partner Nancy Weston who had the, the breakthrough idea of, you know, what if what if you made the thing that's the pump and the thing that's the, the vessel, what if those were the same thing? 
And, and right. then how do we do that? And, and how do we find the very best filtration media so that it can accomplish what we have to do? You know, we, we ended up getting the performance we needed with, we found the best media there was and we doubled it up. I'm not sure if anybody else is doing that. And maybe, maybe they are now. But, you know, it was just kind of those, those, those I wouldn't call us, us geniuses, but I, I think that we worked really, really hard to build on, you know, standing on the shoulder of giants. So some, some companies that I have a great deal of respect for and have been very, very successful. Uh, MSR and Platypus is, 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 a, is one company that's fantastic. I, I think that, uh, for, for what it, for what it does, Lifestyle was, was really groundbreaking in, in the, the, the product design and, and so we we learn from those guys, we respect those guys, and compete with those those folks. They're they're those guys and gals. They are, um, but uh, I, I think that there is always room for reevaluating an idea that there's already a market for, and and then trying to uh, see if you can't make it a lot better. And I'm not sure that's a secret. Or <laughs> I guess your question, but I, I, that, that's how we that's how we see ourselves. We, we see ourselves as as uh, admiring those. Those companies that have created so many technologies that have made it work, but and hey, for for certain 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 types of users, there's just a better way of doing this, and I think that's what our yeah. ultralight bottle re- represents. That's for sure. Awesome. You, you kind of touched on this a little bit with uh, some of the other companies that you used for inspira- inspiration. Did you guys have a mentor, mentors that sort of guided you through this process, or maybe even just people in your life before, during? that really just motivated you to start Grail and turn it into what it is today? Oh, man, there, there are so many people who helped us along the way. I'll, I'll speak from my own personal experiences. Um, there was, I was a freshman in high school. I got in a little trouble with the law, and a, a guy uh, gave me a hand up I, and, and gave me my first job and you know showed me just a, a different way and taught me some responsibility. Don Steen, long since passed away. Um, a, uh, currently at Grail, I, 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 and a million professors and teachers and, and people that I've really admired. Currently at Grail, I think that there are a few, um, uh, really prominent influences on the work that we've done. Call out any of our, any of our competitors by name, but, but some of the people at, at companies we, we compete with have been actually really supportive and, uh, and, and that, that's been helpful. Um, one, one gentleman in particular I'll point out, Bill Worland, who has had a long career now doing industry, was at least a president of North Face and president of Patagonia many, many years ago in the 80s and 90s, uh, and is now on our board of directors, has been incredibly influential and helpful, you know, setting us down the right path. And, and at, you know, at times when the business was a little shaky, he came in and, and really pr- provided some guidance. And I, I think as you're, as you're moving through starting business or where, whatever career you're in, I, I think it's really important to find people who have parallel experience and can sit down, hear what you're going through, and put it in, into some perspective and take take that perspective of all the, the lifetime of learning that they've had and point it in a direction where you help, help you reanalyze your problems in terms of pointing towards solutions, pointing towards new ways of thinking. Bill Rowan has done that um, in yeah, so I, he's, he's one I would definitely point out. That's great. Yeah, no, I think you bring up a very good point with the fact that you, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. You know, there's someone, while there's some people's businesses may not be identical to you, or there's a, there's a lot of pieces that are very similar. And having people in your life that have been there before can help you avoid a lot of mistakes. <laughs> a lot of mistakes, which is good. Um, yeah, help, help you avoid mistakes, and then after you've already made them, help you. Get out of trouble. Oh, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. What would you say? Now, I know this is something that Grail really um, prides themselves, you, you pride yourselves on, but I kind of just want you to sort of, I guess, dig a little bit deeper. What, what is the Grail's commitment to sustainable manufacturing and just sustainability in general? Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a good question. You know, I, I think that um, the Everybody at Grail, everybody who works at Grail, everybody who's associated with Grail was, you know, some, some of our investors initially attracted to the idea because of the prospect uh, in, in the environmental realm, particularly of reducing single-use bottles. Uh, they're, particularly with the international travel sector, it's just an incredible number of plastic bottles will litter 
every side of every road of every country you'll travel down, particularly in the global south. And and you know the five gyres and the, the plastic that's out in the oceans and, and and these are these are things that really affect us and I, the so the the core technology is is set up to you know, be I, I think the first filter purifier that can replace the the single use bottle in, practically in you know in a, in a in the developing world where the level waters may not be safe to drink and and so that that's the core business model, really. And then also, we're always looking for ways of, of reducing our own footprint in, in terms of manufacturing, in terms of shipping. One of the ways that that is, we have new products, I won't talk too much about it, but it's building on some of, some of the same ideas and um, that, that I'm going to be shooting for a mid-2017 launch of this product. And it, it is going to, it's also a filter purifier bottle, and we're going to, we're aiming to reduce the plastic that is, that has to be recycled or thrown away every time you change out a cartridge uh, by 75 or 80%. And so we, we, have, oh, wow. we have some ideas on how to do that. We're in that process right now. We're always designing the next product, and, and yeah, and, and you know, by, by reusing part of the, the protective shell and, and having a much smaller uh, cartridge that needs to be replaced, and so we're we're, we're thinking about it. it's not easy. You know, we 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 make a product overseas and and we ship it all around the world. And there's some inherent footprint, inherent carbon footprint, some inherent garbage footprint, I suppose, in in, in doing that. But I, I think that you know, as, as we grow larger and as we are are able to dedicate more time and resources to producing less waste and using less in our product, using less in our packaging. We're going to be, we're going to be moving in that direction. And I think people see that as, as we grow over the years. That's really awesome. So you talked about the cartridge. So tell me, how, how exactly does it work? You know, it's about 300 uses per cartridge. Is that, is that correct? Correct. Yep. Okay. So, so that's, that's about um, 40 gallons, 300 liters. Uh-huh. Okay. What's the process of, of replacing it? Do they, they order it from Grail's website? They get it from a retailer? How easy is it to swap out? Yeah, that's one of the, uh, so you, you, the, the bottle is a core unit and it has an inner and an outer and a lid and then a replaceable purifier cartridge. The cartridge, uh, spins on and off really easily, uh, locks into place. In fact, you the only, you would take it on and off to, to wash your bottle after it, after it, after an adventure. Um, and then you, then you stick it back on. Uh, the, the purifier cartridge lasts, uh, so like I said, about 300 uses, 150 liters. And, uh, and then it can, can be stored after, after the first use, it can be stored for up to three years. Before it's open, it can be stored for 10 years. So, it's a good, it'll, you know, last a long time, and, you know, as an emergency device or whatever. Um, and then when you're after those 300 uses, then you can, um, you simply order a new one and there's a, 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 a small cartridge that needs either recycled or thrown away. We're working on a recycling program that we hope to have in place in the, uh, last quarter of the year, where uh, folks will be able to send us back that cartridge, and and we'll recycle it for them. When and that's a that, that's a that's a process it takes a while to to get that figured out. But we've identified a company that's kind of working on a solution because um, you know it's one of these things that we care about. So with the cartridges, you know, I've got like a vertical filter. It tells you like sort of like how like when you're getting close to having to replace it. Is there some sort of similar feature with the water bottle, or is it sort of like, okay, 300 uses, if you're using it daily, that's about this length of time? Or how, how, how would someone know when their cartridge is low without really, you know, keeping close track of how many times they've used it? Right. The, the, uh, and it's, it's complicated by the, uh, if, if you're in very silty water, for instance, then it'll be, the, the cartridge gets used up faster. And the way that you tell if the cartridge is finished is that it'll, the, the cartridge will tell you. It starts to press slower and slower as the, the available sites for uh, impurities okay. to, to get caught up. It starts to get filled. It, it slows down the water flow. And so your, your cartridge will take 212. I'm sorry, the one, one, the one press system takes about 15 seconds. It's really fast and easy. 15 seconds when you start to press. 
Um, by the right. time you're 25, 30, 35, 40 gallons, the press time will, will increase by five seconds, eight seconds. And so you'll, you'll feel the feedback. Um, as, as the water passes through the cartridge slower, it, it actually does a better job of removing impurities because it, in any water, if you, any given cartridge, if you pass the water through slower, it, it is more efficient at, at filtration. So, uh, so there's there's a feedback system. We're, we are still we have some ideas on how to uh, how, how to let people know that their cartridge is used up, but uh, that's future product development. Right. Cool. Awesome. So I guess this is I have a question regarding just what kind of water you can purify. Are there any limitations? Like you know, I I live in West Harlem in, in New York City. Like, could I go to the Hudson River, scoop up some water, and you know, go to the push use the filtration system, and would that be drinkable? Well, the, the Hudson River is an interesting example because the Hudson River is brackish, which means it's a mix between fresh and salt water. So it's an estuary. It's a, a river system that's further upstream that's away from the salt from salt water. Gra- Grail removes a full spectrum of all the pathogens, virus, bacteria, and protozoa. So those are the, the okay. three major things that make people sick, uh, the germs. And then a wide array of chemicals. And so what you're really asking me about is in, in, in an industrial system, will Grail be effective removing all of the chemicals? And the answer is right. maybe. One, one example is a lot of, we had a lot of questions about could we help out in Flint, Michigan with, with the problems they have in lead because Grail does a really good job removing lead from water. Uh, however, uh, the... We, we've, you know, we've tested trace levels of lead. We've tested, trace, tested up to 300 parts per billion of lead in water, and, and Grail is very effective. However, the, the problem is in Flint and in some of these places, you know, industrial disasters, if there's a mine that spills its banks, as it happened in West Virginia a couple of years ago, these, right. these sorts of emergencies, the, the concentrations of the chemical in the water can get very, very high. And so, with, if, if lead is, so we, we know Grail is effective against 300 parts per billion. What about 3,000 parts per billion? What about right. 10,000 parts per billion? And the answer is we just don't know. How, how long will it last? How long till it, the cartridge becomes exhausted? So, long story short, we don't recommend using Grail water purifier bottle in an industrial fill scenario. And I consider Flint to be one of those. Uh, we have a we have one river in Seattle that is the Duwamish River, and it is a super fun site that you know where just where terrible stuff was was thrown for decades and decades. And yeah, I I wouldn't recommend it. I I, I wouldn't drink out of there. It goes to the core, well, you know, one of the core principles of, of staying safe in an emergency, and that is find the cleanest possible water and start purifying right. there. So if you right. see it, if if there's a if there's a if there's a puddle with, with cow crap in it. Hmm. No. Find a lake. If there's a stream that flows <laughs> into the lake, use this use the stream. You can go a little bit further right. up in the stream, you know, if there's a small tributary off the larger stream, use that. So and, and that is just about, about harm reduction because Yeah, so it's really important to use common sense. Right. However, um the because Grail's Grail combinations of technologies are in, ensure that you have the very best chance of of removing whatever the, whatever those chemicals are, um, I, just a, the three core technologies that are that are involved in in this, and and one is a so there, there is a, a base of non-woven ceramic, which is uh, pretty common across the industry. Built into that non-ceramic, non-woven ceramic base is a positively charged mesh that grabs onto protozoa and chem, protozoa virus bacteria and some chemicals. So there's a, a ion exchange uh, attraction to impurities, and then the third is ultra powdered activated carbon, very high surface area activated carbon. So it, it, it grabs onto a wide range of chemicals and, and sediments, um, just removing a lot of things from the water. So it's a, okay. it's a, it's a great it's a great cartridge for the, for those uh, those types. But use common sense when you're, when you're right purifying water. Yeah. So. Um, another like kind of a side piece question. Like, so I, I live in the city and I drink tap water. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I live in a pre-World War II building, which you know, it's an old building. The pipe mm-hmm. may not be of the, in the best 
shape. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, and New York City claims to have great tap water because it comes from the Adirondacks, which is definitely true, but obviously the quality of your water is heavily dictated on, you know, the quality of the pipes in the building that you're drinking from. So would you recommend that, like, using Grail, you know, in my apartment would be beneficial? Or, you know, is it something I should more so just say for when I'm, you know, out in nature or traveling to another country where I might not be, you know, used to drinking their local water supply? Sure. I, if, if you're very concerned about your water in, in your building, there's, there's companies that do water tests for 100 or $150. You can get your, your own tap water tested. And that, that in, in your scenario, that may be, may be worth doing. Uh, we're primarily focused on three markets, and that is outdoor adventure, international travel, and emergency preparedness. So I think right. for, for, for people who are in urban environments, uh, you need to, one of the things to think about, I don't know if you lived in, um, in New York during Superstorm Sandy or, or other times when the power has gone out, but it's, yep. <laughs> municipal systems are, are remarkably fragile. And, and it doesn't take much to throw them off for a couple of days or maybe even longer. Uh, you know, we worry about the giant earthquake that, the Cascadia earthquake that's long, long overdue, the, the experts say. And, and, right. So how, how are you gonna, you know, do you, do you have enough food in your house the last three or four days? Do you have enough water? Do you have, or, or ability to go, to go get water from, a, from a local source? And so, <clears throat> That, so that, that's really the market that we're focused on. Less about just your day-to-day water consumption. I know that there are some people. Right. I'm, I'm one of them. I drink almost all my water through a, a through a grill purifier. Just I'm I'm, I'm used <laughs> to it, and I, and I I I really like the taste. It really improves the taste. However, right. the, the main markets we're focused on are travel, uh, outdoor, and emergency preparedness. Awesome. Well, what would you say has been one of the hardest parts about starting Grail? I think that the I, I, I think that we knew we were on to something great. We had, we had a lot of people in, in the industry and, and a lot of supporters who, uh, who really believed in what we were doing. However, uh, knowing you have a good idea or thinking you do and bringing that idea to the market, particularly with a, with a physical product, uh, is just incredibly challenging. And, and so, you know, the major, the, the major challenges have been, okay, you, you make a great design. Now, can you reliably produce tens of thousands of units of, of that design flawlessly with no quality assurance problems? Uh, one, one thing that we, one, one element of the business that I think is critically important is understanding who your core customers are. I, the question you asked was really good. What, hey, I just want to drink water every day. Uh, and, and is this, is this right for me? And yeah, it, it, it might be, but, but that's not our core, right. uh, that's not our core market. So what we do, there, there are lots of really good solutions for drinking water inside of your apartment. Some are, some go in your sink, some are in your fridge or bread a bottle or what, you know, whatever. There's lots of really good solutions. Um, and are we the best at that? No, I think we're good. I, I think it's, I think it's worthwhile if you have one. However, what we're best at is, our core, those international travel, emergency prep, outdoor adventure. So it took us a while to get that figured out. Who are you? Who Who is Grail right. as a brand? And we, Grail as a brand is determined by our customers. Our customers tell us who Grail is. Our customers tell us what the best uses for Grail is. And, and you need to you need to listen and you need to believe that. And you need to give up on your own ego maybe about the other things that you might be or, 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 or think you could be and, and really just focus in on what you do best. And, and it took us a while to get there. But, um, yeah, so that, that, that was one particularly challenging element, finding out who we really are and what we really do best. For sure. No, it's definitely a good lesson to learn being in business. What would you say uh, has been or is your greatest fear and how do you manage it in regards to Grail? I think Oscar Wilde said there's only two tragedies in life. One is not getting what you want, and the other is getting it. <laughs> I, that, that quote stuck in my head for a long time. I, I think that I'm no longer fearful that we don't have a product that people want. I'm no longer fearful that we can't make it. I'm no longer fearful that if we make it and put it on the market, people won't go after it. That's, it's really been, uh, really been verified. It's, it's 
those, those are things I feared for a while. Is this, is this even going to be a worthwhile product? You know, now I, I, I think that the key is managing growth and, and making really smart decisions. I think that, uh, you know, we, we still fast growing. There's a million things that we would like to do and we need to have the self-discipline to focus on the things that make the biggest difference. Find ways to, uh, through, through Ready Yeti, for instance, that you, you guys are building a base of, I think, really passionate outdoorsmen, international travelers, you know, men and women that just do extraordinary things and, and want to learn about new brands and new companies and, and, and new products. And, right. So have to, and, and staying focused on our core and really trying to, to reach those, those people, um, not getting away from what we do best. That, that's, it's really a self-discipline more than a, than a fear and, and just making sure that we're doing it while there's a million distractions. There's a million other things that, that pull, pull at your time. And so I don't know if that's a fear exactly, but it's, it's a, it's a concern and it's something that we are constantly working to address. For sure. No, that's definitely something we're definitely going through right now with Ready Yeti. Like you said, you know, making sure that you're focused on your target demographic, you know, offering the best of what you can to serve those people and making sure that you're attracting those kinds of people and, and honestly providing what they want and need. And like you said, like the whole idea of like removing your ego from it, you, you have an idea of what you think they need, but in reality, it isn't always and mostly never is exactly what you think it is. So, no, I think that's a, a very, very good point. What would you say some of the biggest mistakes have been, maybe one or two, that you guys have, have made with Grail? I think that but probably the single largest mistake uh, that we made was trying to be all things for all people at the beginning. Re- rewind the clock 16, 18 months, and Grail is selling tap trail travel. So, uh, three different cartridges that all that screw into the bottle and, you know, one for your tap in Harlem and one for, inter- one for the trail and one for international travel. And that was confusing to people. It was right, too many choices and, and it, and, and also it, it got away from our best core competency. The thing that Grail does better than anybody else in the world is provide the highest level of filtration and purification in a simple one you know, simple, compact design, you know, UV lights, no batteries, no sucking and squeezing, no pumps and hoses, right? That's what we do best. And, and we, we and that, that was part of discovering who Grail was with, with the help of all of our customers and getting that focus down to a single high-level purifier product that it's, it's easy to understand because it, it only does one thing. It only removes the broadest range of impurities you can possibly find. That's all we do now. That's our single product, and we've had it in different colors, and we have a couple different model styles. But, um, and that, and that was so. I, you know, I, I, guess, I guess it was a mistake. I guess you could frame it as a mistake. It, it was really a we were we launched thinking we could be for everybody, everything for everyone, and now we are confident that we're going to be the very best for you know a, a smaller group of people that we're going to serve extraordinarily well with the best products in the world. And so that was uh, that was what we learned, and that's. That's where the company said it now. That's awesome. What advice would you give to someone that wanted to start a business, you know, whether it's an outdoor sport or just in, in general? Um, you know, what's on my mind right now is the incredible changes that are going on in the way that products are marketed. So whatever your, whatever your product is, whatever your idea, whatever your business Look real hard at some of the changes that are going on in retailing, whether it's the the incredible growth of online advertising, uh, uh, online retailers like Amazon, whether it is companies that are that sell twenty, thirty, fifty percent of the products themselves on their own website. That was unthinkable ten years ago. Uh, right, in bankruptcies in, the, in in retail stores and and Sports Authority and others very recently. And those will continue. So we're in a we're in a state of real flux and right. in, in how products are marketed. And and I think that I for me that's a it's a huge opportunity because now a, a small company can like Ready Yeti's doing can go directly out to its own customers and say, Hey, this is who we are, this is what we offer. Come come be part of us in a way that just wasn't possible before because before it had to be mediated through through large retailers. 
at the same time, it, and particularly in the, if you're selling products, the you, retailers are still very, very important. You know, because they, they, they help you build your brand. They, they help you get in front of customers who would never just amble across your website and find your product, probably. Right. And so find, finding the balance of, you know, re- respecting the good hard work that, 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 that retailers do, that, that, that partners do, um, finding, finding the right partners in the media. Uh, you know, if you're a hot new company that has a Kickstarter launch or something, you're going to be, you know, people are going to want to come interview you and, and, and you know, and, and time is limited, right? So, so picking really, really good partners and, and understanding how the marketing game is being played and how it's changing. Not easy, but just learn all you can. Read, pick up. That is for sure. Yeah. Marketing isn't a science. I think that's what makes it so complicated or difficult to understand and learn because there, there's no one way to do it. You know, what works for one company could work for someone else or, you know, whatever. And I think it's, it's a very fascinating, you know, part of business. And for me, you know, with Ready Eddie, like it's, uh, I, that's what I like to do. I like marketing. I think, I think it's exciting on how you can engage with people and sort of build awareness. Um, for companies, that's honestly one of the reasons why I started Ready Eddie was just to help businesses that I, startups that I thought had a really cool uh, product, awesome mission, aligned with my values and the whole idea of like environmentally sustainable and all that jazz, and, you know, help them get exposure. But I, I think you're you're dead on with that. Um, where where do you guys see your uh, grail going in the next year, next five years, ten years? Well, let me just on, on and Ready Yeti, I think is an, a really interesting uh, model of a providing great value to people who are very interested in X, and you know, in your case, action sports and new products and new brands. Right. And and yeah, the, the ability to provide value between the customer and the brand is yeah, it's a it's. A, <laughs> I'm fascinated in how your brand, how ready it is going to grow. Um, five, five years? <laughs> where are we going to be in five years? Um, I, I think that we're going to continue to, we have, we have a lot of product ideas. And so you, you have not seen the last amazing new product idea out of Grail. We just, we're, we can only bring them out as fast as we can bring them out. But we've, we've just <laughs> got a few that we're, that we're, that we're working on now. And, and so I, I think that you'll see a, a broader product range out of Grail. I think you'll see, I, what I really hope you're, you're going to see, I'm confident you're going to see, is a you know, we're, we're working hard to build a tribe of core ideas, you know, gather like-minded people around the, these ideas of you, you really should be able to take control of your water. You should be able to purify water anywhere. You should, right. you should be able to re- reduce single-use single bottles. You, you, should, the, the, you should, taking care of your own water is not only part of being, you know, an agile traveler out, outdoors, and that part of being a good global citizen and, and just understanding that all of the challenges inherent in, in our water supplies. Um, and, and yeah, and so I, I think you're going to see Grail and, and, and our products be synonymous with minimalist, on-the-go, fast-moving, high-level protection, water filtration and purification over the, over the next five years. And then, Man, ten years? I don't know. <laughs> it's hard to it's hard it's hard to crystal ball it. But I, you know, there, there's yeah. there's companies that I that I really respect that are doing uh, you know pretty amazing work. Uh, I see Seattle is a, is, a, is a real center of lots of outdoor companies um, uh, from from MSR and Platypus. REI is based here. Uh, right. Exoficio. Many 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 companies that are doing really really interesting things and. Um, and I, I, I look up to them as places where, you know, consistently, the good ones, consistently are, are great places to work. Where they have just a really strong culture of, you know, not just, a, not just outward to the products and the, their, their fans, but also inward, you know, being, being, being a great place to work. Being one, one, of the, uh, one of the things that we like to do is we, we, we bring on interns. We, we try, we're going to bring on one a summer and, 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 and try to find, uh, you try to give real opportunities for for kids, like like I had when I was you know junior college. I had my first scientific internship, and it really opened my eyes to to, to a career. And you know, to try to give back by providing young people with with you know an ability to have a not just a summer job, but something that's you know it's an awesome experience working with a really fun company that works hard and plays hard and 
and and is uh, treats other people well, and, and is respectful of the environment and respectful of other people, and and all the wonderful diversity that you can only see by getting outside of your neighborhood and, and, and going exploring your city or your country or your world. And so, yeah, those, these are the kinds of things. I, I would hope that in 10 years we would be a company that would, you know, make it on the list of great places to work. Not just because we want to be on some stupid list, but because right. because, because, because we're, we're, we're living our, we are living our morals. We're living our, we're living our uh, very high standards of the way you treat other people, the way you treat the world. So, yeah, that's what I've, that's where I see uh, West Houston 10 years. That's awesome. What, what is the current size of Grail? Um, you know, how many employees do you guys currently have? We're small. The, the core group is about uh, five people who get most of their time to Grail. And then we, so that's, that's Grail 4. Um, three of us at the Seattle location, uh, one in northwest Washington. Um, and then, uh, you know, we have a designer who's currently in the U.K., um, that's awesome. Yeah, we uh, you, these days you can you can live anywhere. Um, exactly. The, yeah. And then we have you know we we rely on we have very close partnerships with our you know our, our branding firm in in Portland, Oregon, and and our uh, we work with a really cool company in based out of a city just south of Seattle that that does our warehousing and 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 so there's um. Yeah, we have lots of partners beyond that. You know, obviously our manufacturing partners, our, our shipping partners, and and so we're able to you know keep a small core, and and then rely on some really tight partnerships that we've had for several years that uh, enable us to, you know, punch way above our weight class. That's awesome. What is your uh, current yearly volume? You know, what do you what do you got? How many bottles are you guys selling on an annual basis currently? Well, um. Tens of many tens of thousands. We are uh, we oh. we just had a um, just had a successful. Well, I, I this is uh, this is public knowledge. We just had a really successful Kickstarter campaign with a, right. a best selling best selling water device in Kickstarter history. Um, Congratulations! Two hundred twenty five thousand dollars and, and and you know well over uh, what was it? Almost almost twenty five hundred uh, individual. Right, you know, consumers. Most of those, most of those folks, are brand new, um, and yeah, and and, and we just this is what is today, June twentieth, twenty sixteen. Just last week, we started shipping out Kickstarter orders. So it's really, really exciting time getting those guys, getting those guys set, getting our pre-orders done. Going to be in stores in July uh, with our with our newest product, and so it's a really, really exciting time. Yeah, it's, it's only beginning. Wait, 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 wait a few years. <laughs> <laughs> What would you say is the best part about running Grail? Oh man, I um, best part about running Grail. I think that uh, lots of things. Um, I think that the having taken this zygote of an idea and, and building up with your own hands and and struggling through so many years of trying to trying to perfect the product and you know trying to get honed in and then finally seeing it's like you raised this baby and and now you're launching it into the world and, and seeing, you know, the, the way that it's, it's accepted, not just people buying it, that, that, that's nice, obviously, right. but, you know, when you, when you hear back, we give bottles to, to, to folks who are going on missions or folks who are going to help, you know, this, these dentists, uh, there's a dentist out of North Carolina who every year goes down with a crew of other dentists and they go to Guatemala and they work on people's teeth who have no access to dentistry in that, in that, in that part of the world. And, right. and we, we provide the we provide their water. We're, we're not we're not pulling teeth. We're not dental experts, but we're we're helping keep those who are we're helping the helpers stay safe. And right. we do a lot of that. And that, that's that's particularly gratifying. Whether whether we're keeping you safe on your once in a lifetime safari adventure, or whether we're whether we're you know donating bottles to a rescue mission, or whether we're making people feel more confident that when the big earthquake comes, they're, they're going to be ready for it. Those are that's that's really gratifying. It's really gratifying work, you know. We're not we're not just selling a widget. We're selling something exactly. that enables people to have great adventures, enables people to be safe. Uh, yeah, keeps keeps down. Hopefully, keeps down single use plastic to to some small extent. We can have some be helpful in that regard, and and so all of those things just make uh, yeah, just just make it really rewarding to to work on this. It's something it's, it's something a lot bigger than a lot bigger than me, and I'm and I'm 
proud and humbled by just the yeah that's the feedback we get about some of the some of the good things that this product is able to do and it's uh, it's just very very gratifying. That's awesome, and yeah, that, that's that's what makes you work so hard on Grail. Hearing that yeah. and knowing that you're making such a positive impact, or have the potential to make an even greater impact with the with the bigger that Grail gets. Yeah, that's yeah, yes, it's. It, that's 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 the key, right? And 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 trying to when when you think you have this really great idea, I, I, it's infectious. Like if you, have, if you have a secret, you just want to tell people, or if you, you learn some knowledge that would help people out, you just want to get on the social media and tell the whole. And that, that's the way that it feels with Grail. Like there, there's 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 lots of good products out there. You know, bottled water is not so bad, but you're doing it wrong. Like we got we got a better way of doing this. Just let me. Right. Give me three minutes, and I can convince you that you need this thing. And uh, so it's it's nice. It's, it's not it's not our. Once you can open your eyes to what's possible in terms of water filtration and purification, it's not a hard sell because people are like, oh, I see. You. <laughs> so that's that's fun too. It's it's a it's it's a fun. You know, we're not selling mops or waste paper baskets. Right, we're selling something that's really really neat, really yeah, really special. That's really awesome. So where can people find out more about you and Grail? Best way to find out about Grail is on our website. It's uh, www.thegrail.com. We're also on all the social channels at The Grail, T-H-E-G-R-A-Y-L. Like the Holy Grail, but with a Y instead of an I. <laughs> and um, so we're The Grail yeah, everywhere across the web. Um, I tweet at, at Travis Merrigan. I'm considering moving from Twitter to Instagram for my... I, I mainly, I, I ride my bike everywhere I go, and I, I take photos of things I see in the city or times when I get out, right. out into the out into the cascades and just, just interesting things I see. And, uh, so it's a therapeutic outlet for me. <laughs> so, but, uh, for sure. Yeah. For that's sure. Where, uh, that's sort of fun. Awesome. And we're also, we're also available. Um, we're going to be in, we're gonna be in uh, all the REI stores. Um, uh, lots of backwoods and, and outlets in Canada and the United States and Germany uh, very soon. So lots of our great retail partners. You can see some of those retail partners on our website. Perfect, perfect. And uh, we'll hook up all that stuff in the show notes so you can check out and find the links directly to Grail. Um, other than that, we will also be giving away uh, Grail's uh, filtration bottle in our giveaway, which will be live on our website at readyeddy.com. So if you're interested in learning more about the uh, filtration bottle that they have or having a chance to win one, uh, check us out at readyeddy.com. Other than that, um, Travis, I really appreciate you taking the time to uh, chat with us. It was really good getting to know you and uh, Graham. Josh, it was fantastic. Great interview. I'm, I'm really excited to interact with more of your uh, more of the folks that you're gathering around Ready Yeti. I think it's a great idea. and um, if you're a fan of Ready Yeti, I like you already. So I look forward to meeting some of your some of your folks. Much appreciated. Hey, Ready Yeti podcast listeners. If you enjoyed today's episode, then I would be incredibly appreciative if you could log on to iTunes and leave us a quick review. This really helps us get noticed by other podcast listeners like yourself. And if you know anyone that would benefit from this episode, then please share it along. Well, that wraps up this episode of the Red Yeti Podcast. I'll catch you next week.